those voices on the inside got louder, letting me know I was worthless and no good and labeling me with, you're no good, you're not worthy, you're not loved. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Leg. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution. God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Leg. Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems, but found answers in a real God. Today, we're going to talk about how faith can help someone out of feeling worthless and having no value. Now, we all have the need to feel like we have value and worth, and that we're special in our own unique way. But sometimes, it's hard to realize your value And that problem can be worse if you grow up in an abusive situation where you're constantly told that you have no value. Today in our show, we will have Carrie Stevens Perkins, who grew up being told that she would never amount to anything and that she lived a very dark lifestyle in shame and guilt. She's going to share with us how bad it got and what happened with her faith to help her to get better. Carrie, welcome to the show. It's an honor to be with you. Yes, Carrie, so glad you're here with us as well. I understand that as you grew up, you heard some pretty hard things as a young girl at nine years old. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, my father was verbally abusive to myself and my sisters and my mother. But one day in particular, he looked me square in the eyes and said, I never wanted you. And the best part of you ran down your mother's leg. You destroyed my life. I didn't want children. And as a girl, you've always wanted the father's love or a father's love or acceptance. And at that moment, he destroyed all of that on the inside of me. And there was like a void, a huge hole on the inside of me that I wanted to fill. Mm, My gosh, Carrie, I know that there's others who have been told things like that, unfortunately. And I understand that your mom was getting a lot of this verbal abuse as well. And that you would try to step in and intercept it to protect your mom. Tell us about that. Yes, he would start coming in the room and calling my mom a fat cow or a fat, you know, bad names and come after my sisters and do the same thing to them. And they would cry and get upset. And it's almost like that empowered him for them to do that. So I rose up and became like a punching bag or an intercessor. And I would jump in the middle of it and start going after him where he would come after me, where he would leave them alone and he wouldn't fight with me. So he would kind of walk away and get away where it would stop. Otherwise, it would keep going because it was almost like the tears and the frustration empowered what was inside of him to keep going. Oh, that is really sad. You know that you saw him using this behavior as a means of gaining control. I understand the things that he told you, like, you know, when he told you that you would never amount to anything, that that really affected you emotionally. Is that right? Yeah. I never felt good enough. And even to this day, the Lord still has to deal with me on image and worth because when you have that ingrained in your mind over and over that you're fat, you're no good, you're ugly, you're not going to amount to anything. That goes into when you go to take a test and in your mind, you're like, you're no good. You're not smart. You can't get it. Why can you get it? Or no one's going to love you. Who would want you? Look at you. You're fat. You're no good. It kind of torments you all the time on that level of, I'm not worthy. Wow. I understand. It's a very real thing that happens to people. I understand by the age of 14 that you started acting out by looking for something else to fill the void in your life. Yes. You started getting into drugs and alcohol. What was that like? 
Yes, that void I was talking about, you start trying to fill it with everything and drugs, sex, alcohol, whatever you can start filling that void with. And that kind of makes the void even more empty. I started having sex, got into high school, met a guy that I was like gaga about. He lived the high life, treated me, I thought, wonderful and got pregnant with him four different times. And he would throw money at me and tell me to go have an abortion. He didn't want any children. It would affect his life. And so that self-worth came over me again. I don't mean anything. I'm not worthy. I'm no good. Who would want me? And if I'm pregnant, who would want me? So those voices on the inside got louder. So I went and had it done. And the whole time I'm doing it, I feel like a robot. Like I have no decision in the matter. My mouth is like, I can't move. I'm numb like a zombie, a dead man walking. I can remember the last time I had four abortions, the fourth one walking to the abortion clinic, I could hear people protesting, you're going to go to hell, you're going to burn in hell, the wages of sin is death, you murderer. And on the inside, I could feel just this rage on the inside screaming at them, you hypocrites, I'm in hell, I'm in hell, offer me something other than the hell I'm in. But they didn't. Instead, they put protest banners in front of my face to tell me what church they were affiliated with and pursued to tell me I'm going to hell. So it was like the same voice of my father coming through them, letting me know I was worthless and no good and labeling me with, you're no good. You're not worthy. You're not loved. Mm, Gosh, that is heartbreaking. It seems like that protesting group didn't make it better for you at all. I understand you spiraled even deeper into a depression at this time, even to the point of hating yourself. Yes, I started really going down after the fourth one. It's just like you go internally inside all these feelings you're trying to bury, but you just can't. They come back to haunt you. And it started haunting me. So the only way I could make them shut up was I started going to the club. And at the club back in the day when I went, acid was free. You could get acid in like little fish jars when you walked in. Mm -hmm. And I would take acid and just dance the night away and started doing that. Every once in a while, I'd smoke pot to try and numb it. But my favorite drink of choice was tequila. And I would drink that till I would pass out. And it went into my first marriage. I was pregnant before I got married, and the whole time I'm pregnant, I'm wondering what the other four would have looked like. Would he have had brothers or sisters? And when I had him, it was hard to bond with him because I'm like, I had four others I didn't care about because I was no good. Mm -hmm. So I started drinking. The man I was with was doing drugs also. I left him when my son was six months old, so that kind of pushed me further into partying and doing it all in front of my son. And then I got remarried. Guy was still party hardy, still no stability in my life. I'm still going down, get pregnant with him, have my daughter that I have now. And my daughter will tell you now that she remembers opening the freezer and we'd have no food. I would just have it lying with tequila because I'd get home and drink and get drunk and pass out Uh just to numb the pain. And then when Facebook and uh, I don't even remember the first one that came out, social media that you could, I think it was MySpace. MySpace. I would go to the guy's site and look at his two kids and look at my two kids and try to compare them to see, you know, what would the four look like? I mean, it consumed me. And I even wondered, does he even think about them? Does he wonder? And it just made my drinking become worse. We had a party Mm. all the time, dancing, the filthy mouth, gossiping, backbiting, fighting. And I did it all in front of my kids. 
standing up on tables, smoking, drinking, passing out to the point where I pass out and be in my bed. And I woke up with one of my neighbors sexually messing with me. Mm. And I was spiraling and screaming on the inside. Somebody help me. Somebody help me. Ah, Carrie, that is chaotic. Let's stop here. I want to have you on our next show to hear about how God changed things around for you when you called out to Him. Carrie, thanks again so much for sharing your life with us. Thank you. It's been an honor. Hang on. It's not done yet. I want to dive deeper right after the break. Hey guys, it's me again. Let me be real and upfront with you. People are calling in and getting saved and set free by the power of the gospel that is preached on this show through powerful testimonies. I remember one night I was working the phones and a man in about his 30s called in. He was a business owner who was addicted to cocaine and he was living in California. He said he was driving and he heard our show about a former drug addict and he felt convicted that he wasn't living his life right and he gave his life to Jesus that very night. To me, this is a powerful reminder that God is moving through this real and raw show to touch the lives of others. Will you help us reach other cities all across America? You may be able to donate maybe $5 a month, maybe $10, some of you $25, maybe more. Anything helps. Help us to spread the gospel to America as we are believing for a great harvest of souls for the kingdom of God in this time and in this era. But we can't do it without you. Don't just sit there. Go to AwakeningTheNations.com and join the movement to get these testimonies to help others. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show where we're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? To me, it's so sad that Carrie went through her own character assassination from her own father, being told how worthless that she was and that she was verbally abused during this time and she was always being name called. Now, let me tell you the truth. It's never right to name call someone and verbally abuse them. Now, I'm not trying to condemn anyone, but you know, this is something that is real. And if you've grown up with this, you're likely to bring it into your adult life. But if you know that you're the source of verbal abuse towards family members, friends, or even others in public, you need to stop. You know, something interesting is, is that verbal abusers, they tend to do it and then they change it later and act like they were just joking. You know, when someone calls them out or they deny they even said it, they do something called gaslighting. But it is written in ancient writings in Luke chapter 6 verses 45. As a good man out of the good treasure of his own heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. You see, our words, if they're destroying someone else, they're evil words. And if so, then those evil words are a reflection of our evil hearts. And the only way to be cured from this is to have a new heart. See, Carrie's dad needed a new heart, a new flow where there would be life coming from him rather than death. But only Jesus can do this. Now, what if you're on the other end of abuse? And what if you're always being told you're worthless, you have no value? Maybe you're getting abuse like that from somewhere, friends, family. And what if it happens for so long, you actually start to believe those words? And I sense that there's someone right now that you're believing you have no value. And simply, that is not true. Listen to me. If that's you, lean in right here. I want you to hear me very clearly. You have value that you know nothing of. It is written in Luke 12, 6 through 7, are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins? And not one of them is forgotten before God. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. You have value to God. 
because he was the one who made you. You see, the person who called you those things, even if it was a parent, they didn't make you. Let me explain. Parents maybe have birthed you. They did something to, you know, bring that birth process to happen, but they didn't make you atom by atom, cell by cell. And according to scripture, God is the one who did this. He made you. He knows exactly how he made you. Think about that, friend. And God has not forgotten you. Just as it is written that even sparrows are not forgotten by God. And the fact is, he values you more than he values those sparrows. My heart is broken for you if you feel like you're worthless and have no value. And you need to come to your maker right now if that's you. And maybe you're the person who says, well, you know, I have this abuse because I was abused when I was younger. You need to come to your maker and get a new heart. So Lord Jesus, I'm praying for whoever that is, that if someone needs a new heart, or if someone's saying, I need to know my value, the answer is one and the same. We need to know you, Jesus. We need to receive healing into our lives. So Jesus, we receive you and we receive your power to heal our hearts, God, to heal the pain from the past, to heal the lies, God, and to speak truth into our lives because we want to know who we truly are in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you were blessed by this testimony and I know that your life was touched. If you want to know more about us or to make a tax-deductible donation, please check us out at AwakeningDonations.com. That's AwakeningDonations.com. See you next time.